0: How many is grateful you have a covering in your life? Now, some of you know what that means, and some of you, well, what does he even a covering? I don't mean a coat on because it's cold in here, or, or something like that, or a top coat on because you're chilly, or, or rain because it's rainy. But there's something about a covering. A covering does a lot of things. It gives you protection. It gives you substance when you don't have any. It's someone who meets your needs. Not need just physically, but emotionally, spiritually. There's something about that covering that's upon people. And how many has got a covering in their life? Has anybody lost your covering? There's a lady in the, in the Old Testament, 2 second, second Kings chapter 1 and verse 1, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. Um, I'm not going to go preach from that, but I just want to talk to you about your covering for a minute. There was a woman who was desperate, and her husband had been a prophet, he had been a man of God before, but he went into uh, Elisha, and and she spoke some things to him about her desperation. And you know, when you don't have a covering on your life, you are desperate, there will be things that you come against. There will be things that come against your family, upon you. It can be a physical thing. It can be uh, whatever the dynamics are. But you need a covering, and she needed a covering. I won't go into detail what, what happened with her life. But a lot of times, things happen, and we lose our covering of the Lord. Sometimes we need a physical covering with someone who's there for us. I know when my, my father was murd- murdered, um, you already know this story, but uh, he was murdered, let's see, back in 89. That'd be, uh, how many years is that? 30 years. Okay, 30 years. And uh, I know that my family lost, and since it lost its covering because there were some things beginning to happen, in my family had never happened before. Compromises are there and, and letting the doors open and certain things into our home that should not have been there. And it would not have been there if it had been my father, if it had been alive. So I know the importance of a covering. In your individual family, there's the importance of a covering. It's important, it's important that the man will be what he's supposed to be, with advice and with direction, yes, but also spiritual covering. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but I really feel it's important that we understand the covering that, that, a, that a person of authority in our life has in our life. Last week, do we have an awesome service last week or what? Uh, but how many of y'all know that we can't serve today? We can't live today on last week. We got to anticipate today for this week and next Sunday and next Sunday and next Sunday. And it doesn't have to stop, but, it, but every week isn't like the, the previous one necessarily. But we need a covering. There was a, uh, there was a little girl, uh, this is part of my notes, but her name was uh, Cecilia. Cecilia. I don't know if y'all know any Cecilias, but there's this little girl, she, her name is Cecilia. But what's unique about her, she was a sole survivor upon the airplane she was on. Her family was all on it in this, this big airliner crash, and, but how did she survive? How did this little girl survive a plane crash? I don't know if she was three years or 18 months or seven months, I don't know how old she was, but she was small. And there was something that her mother did that was very wise and very instrumental in protecting her so she would possibly live. There was, as the plane was going down, the mother did something that they would tell you not to do. But if it was your, if your child was with you on the plane, you probably would. The mother got down on her knees and, and she turned around backwards in the seat. And... She placed the little girl right here in front of her. What she'd done, anything that could happen to the back of the mother would spare the child. So she put her hands upon him. She, she totally immersed her in, and totally surrounded her for the impact. And when it happened, the mother was killed and everybody, on board, everybody else on board was killed except the little girl. In our lives, there's a lot of things that happen But take somebody one to be sac- sacrificial so that somebody else can live. I want to talk to you about, about our lives and, and what we do and how we act and how we conduct ourselves. Go to Second Timothy chapter 4. If uh, I'm going to touch on this just for a second, go back to the covering for just a minute. If uh, any of us has a situation and someone's breaking in their house, and I've used this quite often, but uh, how many of you men, I've, I've said this, listen, how many of you men would wake up your wife and tell her to go see what was going on with somebody coming in the house? You laugh. You laugh. But in essence, that's exactly what we do as men. We got things coming into our house and things coming into our house and we're aware of it. But we don't do anything to stand in the gap and, and put our foot down and establish what's coming in and what is not coming in our house. There's, there's something about it sometimes that we just want to make everybody happy. Well, anybody in authority, anybody making decisions based on the whole and not just individual's, It's got a got a responsibility upon him to make decisions for protection upon the kids, upon those underneath him, for their good. And a lot of times people don't understand that, but that's what they're there for. We're going to talk about Paul for just a minute. I want before we go into studying about this, I want you to remember Paul was in and out of prison. He was in and out of prison for preaching the gospel about telling the, the difference that Christ had made in his life since he had come to know him. And here he is again. It's his final uh, time in prison. It's his last hurrah. And he's writing a letter to Timothy. Verse six. I'm ready to be offered. And now the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give at that day. And not only to me only, but all those that love his appearing. I want to go back for just a minute. I want to reiterate I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. When he first came into the ministry and first was converted to Christianity, he dealt with a lot of issues from the past that he had done. But you know what? He dealt with that at that time. And now he's at a, is in a place that he's no longer contemplating what he should have done and could have done, but he knows he's about to leave. He knows his life is about to escape. I've completed my task. We've got a. We had a meeting of, oh, a couple months ago, my wife and I, and a few people in the church, and and a lot of those people are, are real task oriented, and and they're like to the finish and stuff. They like to put the icing on the cake, and they like to make it pretty. How I many don't like that? You like to put the icing on. You want it to look pretty. You do the design, and you know the swirls, and sprinkles, and. That's about as far as I can get because I'm pretty generic. Well, guess what? I can't. I'm not that way. I'm not a a finalized kind of person. Now, how do I say this? Um, Building things is one thing, and I can build and put up and and get the structure established, but boy, the finished work could be something uh, I would recommend me not doing. Uh, it's kind of a joke in my family. Um I've got my house almost ready. Addition we put on it. It's only been working on it about seven months and and uh or longer. <laughs> Don't comment. Uh, but Tyson asked me if I had a spray gun. I said, I got a spray gun. He goes, Well, did you clean it? And I said, Yeah, I cleaned it. Did you clean it good? Well, I think I cleaned it good. I ran it, I ran water through it to it was blowing up clear water, and so that's clean, right? The paint was all gone, and all was this clear water spraying out of it. And I thought it'd done real good. He goes, "Did you take the gun apart?" <laughs> There's something about this scripture about Paul. He knew what he had done. He knew he had finished his course. He knew it's time for him to go, and it's for somebody else to take the responsibility. It was Timothy. Somebody to take the, the, the baton, if you will, and carry on. But he had no regrets. He had no regrets. He had fought a good fight. He had fought when he had to, and he had won. The most important part, he didn't quit when he could have. And Many times we, we as humans quit without finishing the thing that God has got for us to do. He didn't, he didn't get sidetracked. I don't know if you're like me. Hopefully you're not. But when I get a lot of projects going, uh, a, lot of, a lot of things get done, but nothing gets completed. Like I'll be working in the house and I'll see the, 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 the remnants of wood and stuff needs to be clicked up, picked up, and, and taken out to burn. And I'll stop what I'm doing. I'm painting or something. I'll go clean all that up and get it ready, take it out. Then I'll come back in. And I remember I was supposed to be painting somebody else's brain work like that. Is anybody, really? Oh, that's a relief. Then you know when I preach and what's going on in this, this vacancy up here. So so anyway, with Apostle Paul and all these things were going, he wasn't sidetracked, he stayed focused and he had, he had done the things that God had asked him to do. But look at verse three. For the time will come when they have not endure sound doctrine, but, but after their own lusts, they shall heap to themselves t- teachers having engineers. There's something about us sometimes we like what's convenient he was saying if you're going to endure and you're going to win the race and you're your time has come and it's completed it's not going to come unless you at some time in your life you're going to decide what it is that you hear and why you apply in your life and he said because the time will come when now they will not endure sound doctrine the heap things up to themselves that are easy to be heard Look at verse 5. Watch therefore, watch thou in all things, and do reflection, do the work in evangelists make full proof of thy ministry. Watch. Paul is very victorious and great accomplishments and and a great history in his, his walk with the Lord. But he had to watch everything that he'd done. He endured accusations that people would try to insinuate that he was a certain way or he was using the wrong things in his life or he allowed certain people in his life make foolproof the ministry. Don't allow anything to come upon you that would make you a hindrance to the ministry. His life was, was complete. He knew his time was gone, his time was over. He was embracing the fact that he was faithful Go to Romans in chapter 4. This is not really a sermon on this, but I'm going to tell you that God is a God of increase. He doesn't, he doesn't produce seed, and, and you plant them in the ground, and they begin to grow, and they, they produce a minimal ear corn or, or a, a, a small amount of wheat. or Everything he does, he produces it to, to yield a certain amount of fruit. <clears throat> and I understand that. I've not always understood a bit of it about the faithfulness of God, but he is. Go to Romans chapter 4, verse 17. And as it is written, written, I made thee a father of many nations before him who believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which are not as though they were. There was something about Abraham. There was something planted deep within his spirit and within his heart of what he expected and what he was willing to do. Did Abraham have any failures? Yes, it did. Was he perfected? No, he wasn't. Was he alive? Yes, he was. But that's pretty amazing. All his life, we see only a couple of issues when he was a little area of compromise. Verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded, he had promised he was able to, able to do that. Which was performed. Abraham was kind of like Paul. He was reaching latter times in his life, and and he still didn't have a son. And but even though he didn't have a son, and a son through Sarah, he knew that God was faithful. Nothing is wrong with you expecting the timing belongs to God. Don't start taking matters in your own hand. I'm going to finish this up. You've remained faithful, and he staggered not, so don't. Man, how many times have we been surprised that somebody told me this past week, you'd be surprised what God has done. I can't wait to tell you, they're not church this morning, but he said, I cannot wait to tell you the faithfulness of God in the past year, in the past year, the past week or two, past month. There's something unique going on in people's lives, and, he's not, and we should not be afraid to tell it. But most of all, we should not stagger at his promises and his faithfulness. When God reaches into your life as an individual, and he totally changes you from the inside, not just the outside, how you look, what you wear, how you appear, but what he changes on the inside, I'm not surprised, and neither should you be. I'll share with you two people, one from the New Testament, one from the Old Testament, who were faithful, God blessed, and he anointed them and did great things in their life. And many of us that are here, we think, well, can it really happen to me? Or is it, is it really a chance of, of a greatness in my life? Or can God use me uh, to bless others or a direction in my life? I want you to go to Luke chapter 13. Every year, you, you have New Year's resolutions, and you have aspirations you think would take place, and you can do this, and you can do that, and you, you hope to do this, and you hope to see an improvement in, in this, or you hope to see an improvement in your life or, or what you're doing. But this is what I came to share with you about. You see, we've let our forefathers always be the one to, to prove themselves faithful, but this is your year to start producing. This is your year. this is your time to start making a difference. You've waited long enough and you've, you've made enough excuses for why you've never done it before, but it's time for, for this is a birth in your life. Time for you to start pro- producing. Start experiencing the things of God. Seeing answers to prayers and growth for the first time in your walk with the Lord. I guarantee you there's people here that tried to serve the Lord. They've, they've served him for a little while but they get cold and indifferent or, or he doesn't come through the way they think he should or in the time that they should so they get a little discouraged and they pull back. If there's ever a time, now's the time for you to dive in more than ever before in your walk with God. About trusting with every part of your life from your finances to your health to your marriage. Every bit of it is a part to be producing. Go to Luke in chapter 13 and verse 6. They speak this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. He came and sought fruit thereon and found none. I want to stop there for just a second. He had a vineyard, he probably had multiple fig trees. And he came to this fig tree and had all the outward appearance of great production. It did not have fruit. And he was frustrated with it. Then he said to his dresser of, of his vineyard Behold, this three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and to find none, cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And I begin to think about us and about myself and about individuals here. Have we become as a fig tree instead of like Abraham, believing for the impossible and staggering not at his promises? And Paul, seeing the impossible, when everybody was against him and everybody questioned about him, everybody doubted him, and he overcomes. And man, if there was ever anybody, could you imagine, with all that he went through, the limp that he walked with, the scars, his back had to literally be ridden with scars from the beatings with the cat of nine tails on his back. How about when he was stoned? At times he was stoned, he probably had some abnormalities. He probably had scars, and contusions, whatever that word is, contusions. That's it. He probably had little lumps in places all over his body. He did. But it didn't affect his message. It didn't affect him, who he was as an individual. And then we go to ourselves and we look at ourselves and we look at this scripture Cumber the ground. How does something cumber the ground? Because it's taking nutrients. It is taking the ability to grow out of the ground, but yet not producing. And I've often thought, what's it going to take for, for some production in my life, or me, your life? Let me say something to the teenagers just a second. What's it going to take for a little production in your life? A little separation in how you live and, and what's most important to you. I want to, see, I want to receive the blessings of God. I want God's blessings to, to, to blow up and, and dramatically impress and, and, and influence my life. For years, this thing had taken nutrients out of the ground, and, and it could have been, been replaced, and another could have already been growing, but he gave it a chance for three years. You ever just grow content? Let somebody else do it. And I don't even know what do it is. Let somebody else have the responsibility. I'll just go and receive the benefits of it. And then what what happens is we become as the fig tree. We've been there for years, but there's not any fruit. We become the fig tree. We look good in appearance, and we seem to be good, but there's not anything coming out of our life. Last verse, actually 8 and 9. And he said unto him, Lord, let it alone another year. a so dig around it, a bit dung around it, and give it a little attention. Please listen. I believe with all, with all my heart, that there are some of us that are on the verge of beginning to produce. I mean, some of us are on the verge. It's taken three years maybe and it's taken a little bit more effort with us. But for some reason you're right on the edge and, and, and instead of cutting you down or, or getting rid of you or just you're just existing, just exist, and, and you serving the Lord maybe in the way you do, just coming to church. But I believe that there's, the Lord is preparing. He's cutting some stuff away from the bottom and putting a little dung on there, a little, a little fertilize. And there's beginning, beginning to be a year of growth in your life and begin to see the, the benefits Selling out to the Lord. Hmm. Worship team, I'd like you to come back. And if you can, uh do it again. Yeah, you can do that. They don't do that song as I could have it about every third Sunday, and it's just super The song is about if the Lord's been faithful before, he'll be faithful again. He'll be faithful again if you'll prove yourself. When I was in college, you ever had those guys always make excuses for why they are what they are? You ever, you ever known girls or young guys always have an excuse for, for not uh, succeeding or not always somebody's ex- Somebody's fault, the reason they didn't have the the lucky breaks or whatever it was. Say with me, when I was in college, I remember some students, they were probably quite smart and and had great ability, but they always seemed to be getting, on certain classes, they'd get instead of an A or a B or a C or even a D, they got something called an I. Incomplete. An incomplete fills their, their report card, if you will. They never finished. They never completed the course, the requirements. Not that they failed, but they just never completed. I knew some guys in college who were like this. They had a bunch of incompletes. Instead of the A, B, C, D, if it seemed like it was too hard or, or they were going to receive a bad grade from neglect, just neglect, they'd go ahead and cop out and get an I. For complete. You see, there's people like that here. Never completes assignments. They never hang around long enough. You see, if family stopped depending on you because you can never show up, you never fulfill the things. Never follow through all to the end as you should. Hmm. I remember guys kind of laughing and saying in leisure that, oh, man, I, I got an eye, I got incomplete. The problem with incomplete, stay with me just just a few more minutes. The problem with incomplete is they still had to pay for the class. They still had to pay. They may not put the time in, but the class went on with or without them. Our class, our class and our journey with the Lord, it's, it's gonna go on with or without you. And if you don't, if we don't find value in the position that we have, we may give it up, but don't want hate for what God's going to do. You see, if I don't do it, somebody else will. But I don't want somebody else to do something that I can do. I'm gonna go one more scripture. Second Timothy chapter four again. For demons hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed into Thessalonica. And I've, I've always wondered what it was that's so enticing to him. What was so enticing? And let me ask you, what is so enticing to you for you to make excuses why you never complete? For you never fulfill what God is really calling you to do. What is so enticing? Making money, is that, is that what it is? Being popular, is that it? Who was it? Were, are you a Samson? And there was a a Delilah. Was there a Delilah in your life that you keep running back to? Was it romantic? A different lifestyle? Was it too demanding? What what is your draw? You see, we all have a draw. We have things we have to battle against. If we say we don't, we're, we're, we're lying. We're not telling the truth. So what is your draw? What is it that draws you away from, from all the things that God would want to do in your life? From now on, from now on till the end, you have to take action. There's just something that you should say it in Bible college, often they'd say you got to take the bull by the horns. They would talk about the altar, coming to the altar and taking it by the, by the horns and praying and doing whatever it takes to get the, the discipline in your life and, and for the breakthrough that you need. We're going to sing this song. God's taken this fig tree, and he did. Not producing. Roots were not. Whatever. And he had mercy in my life. And he had mercy in yours too. Anybody that's ever been successful in their walk with God, they've not went unblemished. They've not went without slumbering, and I want you to know this morning that God is not done with your life yet, even if you were the one with the incompletes, if you were the one with the F's, and you were the one always avoiding what God would speak to you about. He's still trying. The fact that you're here this morning for this particular message. You see, I started off for some reason talking about a covering. Some of you are a covering over your sons and your daughters and upon your wife. And you just haven't been that. You just haven't been that. You've been like Demas least distraction. You're off somewhere else. Anybody comes in my house, they got to bind a strong man in the house and they got to bind me before they get to the rest of the household. So my position is very pivotal and your position is very pivotal in your family. You're the go-between between the enemy and your family.